Hi there. My name is Preston Puto. Welcome to the Lake Ridge Community Church Podcast. This is where we share some of our messages from Sunday mornings. So we're glad you're here to listen. We'd love for you to join us in person. We meet on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. at Our Lady of Wisdom School here in Chestermere. At our core, we're a community of people. So we gather on Sundays, but we also do a lot in the week together. We are people learning to follow Jesus and love our city. So to learn more, visit lakeridgecommunity.com. Hope to check in and visit with you soon. Take care. Thanks for listening. Good morning. Uh, oh, wow, nice, nice response. Cool. Um, so uh, a couple days ago on Friday or Thursday, Friday, um, I was showing my sermon to Marilyn. If you don't know this, Marilyn King, I actually live in her basement. And it's actually kind of nice. Uh, me and her look after the dog together, and it's great. And, uh, yeah, it's actually been a really great time. Um, but I was showing her my sermon because she was unable to be here today. So, uh, and she uh, was inspired after listening to it and was like, I'm going to put something together. And so the sheets that were on your... Sh- uh, chairs, uh, she just kind of took all the scriptures that I was using and put them onto a sheet and put, threw some images on there and made it look kind of nice and printed it off and be like, here, give this out. And I'm like, oh, that's so kind of you, Marilyn. Thank you. So these sheets uh, put together are brought to you by Marilyn, who's not even here today. So anyway, uh, I thought it was really nice of her. Anyway, um, a few, actually, I'm going to read, read opening scripture right away. It's actually on your sheet. Uh, the top there, Luke twenty four fourteen. it says this. He said to them, Jesus, Jesus is talking here. This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. So everything that was, just to explain a little bit, even though it's pretty self-explanatory, I guess, but um, every, everything... Must, everything was already foretold about who Jesus is, including our Christmas story. And you can find that through the prophets, through the law of Moses, and through the Psalms. And you know, um, a few months ago, uh, I did a, a sermon on uh, Psalm 22, and we talked about um, it is finished. And we talked about how um, that was, when Jesus said it is finished on the cross, that was actually um, a look back into the Psalms, in Psalm 22, and, and he was actually then referencing the entirety of Psalm 22 and what he was doing on the cross to finish. Uh, he was completing a prophecy found in Psalm 22. Um, so that you can find prophecy in the Psalms, but also in the prophets in the Law of Moses. And today, I'm going to look at a place in the Law of Moses, and I'm going to look at some places in the prophets where we can find that it was actually foretold of Jesus' coming, and it just matches up ever so nicely. So today, we're going to look at we're going to look back in this Advent season because we're talking about Jesus. We're going to be talking about his birth and we're going to talk about the beginning stages of his life and what that looks like and how we can have a posture towards Christmas this season. So, um, <clears throat> the New Testament opens up um, in the book of Matthew with a genealogy. I didn't put that in there because it's a whole bunch of names. And if you are ever so, uh, if you would like to know these names, you can go to Matthew chapter 1, verse 1, and you can start reading all of the names found at the beginning of Matthew. All the way, I think the first 17 verses are this genealogy. 
And for one thing that I learned when I was kind of going through this is I was like, oh, what? Uh, I, f I found out that genealogy has like kind of the same root word, the Hebrew root, root, root word that um, the word Genesis does. So in fact, the first 17 verses of, um, of Matthew isn't just like a list of names so you can see uh, Jesus' great, 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 great granddad for no reason at all. In fact, what Matthew is immediately doing here is he's saying, this is the genesis of Jesus. This is the beginnings, the origins of Jesus. And so we're starting right away, the very first chapter of the New Testament, Matthew, with, okay, the genesis of Jesus. And it's interesting, you can see like um, famous uh, you, you can, if you, if you look through the names, you'll see um, different um, different names in there that you've recognized through through the Old Testament. I know Rahab's in there. I know um, Solomon's in there. David's in there. There's there's a lot of names in there that like kind of bring us back to the stories that are shared through the Old Testament. And so Matthew immediately is telling us, "Hey, this is actually a, a continued story. We're, the, we're we're not we're not we're not starting something." completely new here. This is a continuation of the story of God. Um, and then, after the first 17 verses, it continues into verse 18, which I have right on your sheets if you want to follow along. And I'm going to read through the scripture, and I'm going to stop and kind of explain a little bit, but uh, this, is, this is the beginnings of Jesus. Um, verse 18 says, This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His, came about. his mother... Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in his mind to divorce her quietly. Flip open your Bible. I, I, I don't know about you. I was told uh, to start in the New Testament when I picked up my Bible. So actually the first thing I read when I read the Bible for the first time on my own, was at, well, I mean, I guess I read Genesis, the first two chapters, and then I got bored. But um, th then I was told, oh, maybe start in the New Testament. Learn about Jesus first. So I get there, and I'm you're opening up this, um, this, this book, and the first thing we're learning is that Joseph wants to divorce Mary. Like, this is, this is the beginnings of who Jesus is. that the story of Jesus starts off with a genealogy and goes straight into Joseph wanting to quietly divorce Mary. What I want you to do through this story is I want to invite you into Mary's shoes. So, Mary, I did a little bit of research on this. Uh, no one actually knows how old Mary was. I've heard people say different things, and the youngest I've seen is Mary was uh, 12 or 13, that seems a little bit young, but that's, I, I've, I've, a few people have said that. And the oldest I've seen is 17. So what we do know for sure is Mary was a teenager. Uh, youngest 12 at the, at the oldest 17. Um, now, I don't know about you guys, but uh, some of you might have teenagers in this room. Some of you guys might remember being a teenager. Now... I don't know about you, but like, being divorced at 16 seems a little rough. Like, 
Um, but uh, that's seemingly what's, what's happening here. Um, anyway, put yourself in Mary's shoes. What, what are you, so as I go through the scripture, what are you feeling? What are you experiencing? Because um, here's the thing, we actually don't know much about how Mary processed all of this. And I'm going to keep going. It's, it's going to get rough. If you've read this story, you'll know that it's, it's a bit of a roller coaster. Um, but we do know, if we look into Luke uh, 1, 46 to 55, um, notice the, the Magnificat or Mary's song. Um, you can see how she prayed. You can see that uh, her prayers, prayers are worded in a way of putting such trust in God through all of her circumstances. She uses phrases like how her soul magnifies the Lord. And how, and then this is, I read one verse from that uh, Luke section. I read it and I was, and, and she says, generations after her will see her as blessed. And I read that in light of reading this section here and I'm like, whoa, that is some strong faith. Because let me continue. Just continue in verse 20. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him Uh, Joseph, in a dream, and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, first Old Testament, not sorry, not first, another Old Testament reference. Uh, Emmanuel means God with me. Verse 24 continues, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate the marriage until she gave birth to his son. He gave him the name Jesus, it continues in chapter 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. So these are, this is the story of the wise men. They're, these are the, the Magi, the, the, the people who um, came bringing and bearing gifts to, to Jesus. And it's a whole sermon, a whole sermon series can be unpacked out of just that alone. Just this idea that God using astrologers to point out where Jesus is. Anyway, I'm just going to leave it at that. Interesting. I'm not condoning anything, but I'm just like, what, what I think comes out of this is God is using someone. And we know that they might be a little bit different than regular people. Anyway, when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had come together, all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, Out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. This is another prophecy referring to Micah 5. Um, This is a prophecy that directly fits in line with 
who Jesus was. Born in Bethlehem, check. In the line of Judah, well, check. We could see that through the Genesis story, uh, the Genesis of Jesus, just the first 17 verses, check. Um, one, out of this, a baby will become a ruler, check, yep. Will shepherd Israel, yep, check. So this is all things that are just being foretold and what Matthew is doing is being like, just so you know, it's coming. Yeah, and this book that is foretelling the coming of Jesus was written half a millennium before he showed up. Um, this is a story that was being written generations before Jesus was born, hundreds and hundreds of years ago. I bet you, maybe someone in this room who took like a 23 and me might be able to tell me who their 500 years removed grandparents are. But uh, that's, 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 that's a big chunk of time. And then the next few verses uh, talk about how Herod tricks these magi or wise men to search for the child and to report back to him. Um, so these um, magi, these, these wise men, they, they found him, they gave him gold, frankincense, and myrrh, but then they received a dream from God to not report back to Herod, so they went back another way. Um, so God was with them the whole time. And um, by the way, just, just so you know, um, this is actually a couple of years after Jesus is born. I think one thing that I knew that I, I, I was like surprised of, and maybe you guys know this, maybe this is common knowledge, but like when I look at the nativity scene, I see little baby infant Jesus. I forget that when the, the wise men showed up, Jesus was practically a toddler. Um, and um, also, uh, there probably wasn't three wise men. There was three gifts. We know that there was gold, frankincense, and myrrh, but there's, there's probably actually a whole caravan of people, like a traveling group of... They, 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 were, they made a scene, I'm sure. Um, so, yeah, this isn't just three wise men. This is a group of people. So anyway, this group of people, when they, the wise men or magi, had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, get up, take the child and mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. Verse 14, it says, so he got up. Joseph got up, took the child and his mother during the night, and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. So, let's go back to, to Mary. You're a, a young teenage woman. You are told, if we bring it to today's time, that the government is trying to murder your kid. Really put yourself into the feelings and the experience of this, this, this woman. The government is trying to kill your newborn kid. So what do you do? You run. And um, I don't have kids, so I, I can't say that I know from experience, but I can, I can know from witnessing and being a part of different families and seeing that um, it can't be easy to take a toddler and run across the country away from the government. And yet, Mary says in her song found in Luke that generations will see her as blessed. This is the prayer of Mary despite despite all that's going on. 
how is this a blessing? How is any of this, how could any of this could be considered a blessing? If this was me, I would, like, I would be terrified. I, I don't know how I would handle it. I, they don't have cars. They don't, you know, they have a bunch of money, I guess, because they were given all of this stuff from um, uh, these wise men. But the, the fear, they're so, like, I, I, I couldn't imagine living then. I would certainly be questioning the goodness of God. I just know me. If all of this is happening, it's like, Joseph's like, I want to divorce you. Okay, just kidding. Um, okay, um, now we're going to go here, and we're, oh, we're going to try and have, we're going to have our baby, but, there, but we're going to have to have a baby in like pretty much a cave or something or a place that's not, 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 not really, you know, uh, not really a good place to have a kid. And then, and then we find that uh, we have to be running away from the government. We're essentially vigilantes trying to, to run away from all of these things. And I would be questioning the goodness of God. But Mary does not. In fact, she takes it as blessing in that there's a little attention here. And here we find in what I think is the pinnacle of Matthew 2 and the origin story of Christ, the writer of Matthew corrects the course and says, no, my, oh, <laughs> my plan is here. What's happening here fits into a larger story, and actually Matthew invites us into that larger story. And here's what I want to ask. Have you ever heard of a story where God, let's remove thinking about Jesus, have you ever heard of a story in the Old Testament where God raises up a deliverer and then an insecure, power-hungry king tries to use violence and oppression to combat God's presence? Moses. Matthew says this in verse 15, the second half of verse 15. And it says, And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, Out of Jesus, sorry, out of Egypt I called my son, which is actually directly referencing Hosea 11. And um, one thing that uh, is often um, what we forget is. Matthew or any of the New Testament writers specifically assume that you actually know your whole Bible very, very well. That when, he, when, when a sentence is said, you'll be like, oh, oh yeah, of course, he's meaning exactly that. But today, if you, if you don't actually know that, if you don't know the Old Testament, like the back of your hand, like, like a lot of the good Jewish people at the time did, you might not immediately pick up on the reference. So I did some research, and here's the reference. So, um, out of Jesus, out of Egypt, I called my son. I'm not going to read you all of Hosea 11. We don't have time, but I'll read you the first few verses. It says, "When I Israel was a child, loved him, and out of Egypt I called my son. But the more they were called, the more they went away from me." They sacrificed to the balls and they burned incense to images. It was I, God, who taught Ephraim to walk, taking them by the arms, but they did not realize it was I who healed them. This is the prophet Hosea reflecting on the past while pointing towards the future. Let me continue reading here. 
it says, verse 16, when Herod realized what he had been out, that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious, and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under, in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Then what was said from the prophet of Jeremiah was fulfilled, another prophecy. A voice is heard in Ramah, weeping in great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted because there are no more. Matthew wants us to see something here. That he's, what he's pulling two stories together. Is this the first time a selfish, I've asked this question before, is this the first time a selfish, powerful human has tried to thwart God's purposes? No. Has that happened in the Old Testament several times? Yes. Has it happened in the New Testament? Yes. Is that happening today? Yes. He wants to see this, this is the pattern of Israel is continuing even in this story. Matthew is choosing a pattern here that recreates the Exodus story. He starts with the genesis of Jesus and then paints a picture of a recreation of the story of Israel from here. And here's how it's played out. So there's the journey to Egypt as played out in both the beginning of Exodus and Matthew. The Israel journeys. So do Mary, Joseph, Jesus. Then an impressive king tries to kill babies. Found in Exodus, found in Matthew, beginning of Jesus. God's son called out of Egypt, as highlighted and connected in Hosea 11, connecting the two stories, and Matthew 2. And even if you want to continue this trend, you'll see that the Israelites then spent 40 years in the desert. Well, straight before, right into Jesus' ministry, Jesus spent 40 days in the desert. This is a story that Matthew is trying to say, like, this is actually, like, this is not unfamiliar. And any Jewish person reading this would be like, holy smokes. This is, this is the same story. We, we've read this before. We know this. Mary, a smart Jewish girl who knew her scriptures probably better than you or I, um, probably saw it too. And it's that knowledge and dedication to God that likely got her through this. Essentially, Herod had become the new Pharaoh. Amongst the most horrific circumstances is God surprised by the evil of Herod. Herod is trying to kill babies. Like, I can't think of many more evil things you could possibly do. Is God surprised? No. We've seen this story before. Did God okay the evil of Herod, though? Let me ask that question. Just because God was not surprised, did God think it was okay for this evil to come across? What, what do you think? No. He didn't stop it. God... He's not surprised, though, because he has given us as humans the choice whether to follow what is good or what is not. And he leaves that to the hands of humanity. And yes, he intervenes from time to time, but for the most part, he is not surprised when evil occurs. 
not surprised, but nor does he condone it, nor is it okay. In the midst of this terror, Matthew reminds us that God is still here. Yes, this is an evil experience, but despite that, God is still working his redemptive purposes. This Christmas season, here's something we can reflect on. When money may feel tight, when tragedy seems to occur, when evil happens in your life, does God think that that is okay? I don't know. I don't think so. Does he condone it? I don't, I don't think so. But, but he's not surprised by it, and he walks with us through it. This Christmas, we can reflect, reflect on the truth that God, as Emmanuel, God with us, is with us through it and not surprised by the evils of this world. what I have for you guys today. So, let me pray. Let's take a stand and um, um, I'll pray for you guys. God, we know that there's hard things in this world. We know that um, tragedy occurs. We know that different people are going through really tough circumstances. And it can be confusing to why it doesn't seem that you don't intervene. But this story tells us that you are not surprised by all everything that goes around and that despite all that, you are still here loving us. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you his peace this Christmas season. Amen. Thanks, guys.